I bet in 95% of churches today, there's someone talking about joy. You see it on everything. You, you read it everywhere. You don't feel any pressure to feel joy, even if you're not super joyful, right? Because I know y'all don't worry about everybody else's thoughts of you, I'm sure. Um, it can feel that way. In fact, it, this season is one of the more difficult for many uh, for various reasons. And I know... Uh, it's not always simple to celebrate. I wish it was, but I, I, I want to talk about joy, but I, in, maybe in a bit of a, a roundabout way, and, and really the title of my message this morning is Take Your Eyes Off Joy, and I know that's a weird one. Did you say, oh? Okay, that, I just want to make sure it wasn't somebody else. I can handle it from you, but someone else, I feel like I, you know. No. Take Your Eyes Off Joy. And there's a reason for that, I'm going to tell you, and hopefully I make it through this service. I've, I've lost my voice. I'm, I'm sure many of you guys have lost it as well. I just took a, uh, a throat lozenge. I'm pretty sure my tongue is numb right now. Uh, I think I can sing right now. I've probably tried, and my throat will give out. But I, I just want to tell you, we've got one service less, left this year. We take the 30th off to, uh, to honor our volunteers and team, and uh, there will be something we send to you that you can gather some friends, gather some family, and, and participate in service, but it will be at home, and you can have some hot chocolate, and you can do all that stuff, and you won't feel bad for breaking the rules when you walk in the auditorium, because it'll be in your living room, and, uh, but we do take that last weekend off and give our teams a day, and how many of you love our teams? Are you thankful for the people who serve? And uh, we, had, uh, we had, just in the last two months, nine people finish Next Steps, uh, and, and, and just so you know, there's no pressure when you finish Next Steps that you have to serve. Um, it's not necessarily the point. We want you to get involved in community. Uh, but we've got several of those people who are willing to jump in and, and start serving and setting the table for people. Amen. And uh, so it's, I'm really excited about that. Uh, but it, the goal, really, truly, for Christmas, I, I hope and our desire is that you would have a Merry Christmas. That you would have a joyful, happy Christmas. And uh, I, the reason I want you to take your eyes off joy is because I'm not sure joy is the reason you get joy. Uh, we, I, I find that we, we tend to seek out joy, and really joy is never meant to be the pursuit. It's always meant to be the product. It's always meant to be the thing that is the result of something else. And, and so I want to talk, and I, I think it's important to talk about joy, uh, not because I want all, all Christians to necessarily deny what they're going through. And I'm kind of like giving you my whole message right here up front. Maybe because I'm worried my voice will run out and then I uh, won't have it to tell you. But, uh, but I, I just, I, I, think, I think for many on the outside looking in, maybe we look like pretenders. Like we are trying to have joy even though we really aren't happy about things. And uh, I, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So there's a, a few reasons why I want to talk about joy today. But if you could turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And, uh, man, I loved our kids' stuff. I love Wes and Jane sitting up here, awesome, and uh, the team that helps with the kids. Uh, I took video of them as well during the deal because I wanted to celebrate them. It's just, just fantastic. And um, so, many, so many amazing people. I'm, I'm just so thankful for this year. So we've got one Sunday left, and then we start 21 Days of Prayer at the first Sunday of next year. And uh, I'm really excited about these next uh, few weeks together. All right, Luke chapter 2, start in verse 1. And I'm just going to read to you the, the announcement of Jesus to the shepherds, um, and then we're going to go from there. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem 
because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. It's a really polite way to say that. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son. Did, did ladies, do you ever feel like fellas do that? Verse 6 to 7. Time came. All right, the son was born. It's like there's a whole lot that happens in between there that y'all don't get credit for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Verse 7. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she, was wrapped him, she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. Love that sentence. Because there was no room for them at the lodging place. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news. Everybody say good news. Of great joy. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Everybody say all. Today, a Savior, who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you. Isn't that interesting? For you. In the city of David, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I pray that we take our eyes off joy for a moment and put our eyes on the thing that actually causes it. I pray that in our striving for joy, we would, we would set that down and we would remain in Christ. And that we would find that all the things we strive for are found in and produced by our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but news kind of gets a bad rap these days. You're not really sure which one to trust. We all have different news we're listening to. Um, some of y'all listen to the Fox News. Some of y'all listen to MSNBC. Some of y'all listen to CNN. Some of y'all do the NPR route and, uh, and because they're quieter, they don't shout as much. Um, but how many, there's just news. There's a lot of news out there today. Some of you, Twitter is the way to go. You just don't want to sit through all the banter. You just want a couple tweets. And uh, you got a lot of different news. And then you have people coming up to you telling you their version of the news that, the, of, that, that they had heard. And so news can be a bit difficult these days. We kind of have an influx of an overabundance of news. And we, we, we love our freedom to choose what we like. The problem is uh, we have a lot of choices. Now, the problem with choices is I found that relationship really works best when I make one choice, not many. And, and, and the challenge with freedom is that the, the best way to have great community and the best way to actually find a really good purpose is to constrain, not necessarily to just let go. I'll expand on that next year. That's too much right now. But great community requires a level of commitment. Commitment requires a level of constraint. And so we find a really healthy community when we make those decisions. Anyways, that was kind of beyond the point. I stole that, just so you know. I just I feel bad about taking that all myself. <laughs> Nothing's new. But, but, but the, the good news thing, it, it can be a bit challenged of deciding what is good news. And, and the truth is, I don't know, maybe you've been in this situation where someone comes to you acting as though the news they have is really, really good news. But for you, once they say it, you, your heart sinks. They're excited, but you're not. For example, hey, Tony Romo got hurt. Dak's going to take over. For some people, they were really excited. They thought that was good news. And maybe for a season it was, and maybe it will be. I'm not trying to start any fights here. But there was a moment where I didn't think that was good news. Because news is only good if it meets the need that you have. And if you don't have a need, then you don't need news. 
That's why we don't always like the news, because it's telling us about things we don't like and needs that don't necessarily apply to us. Or there are news that don't help us, it hurts us. And I think sometimes it can be really challenging to receive news because we're not really sure that it meets a need. Uh, Why are you even telling me this? You got those people that just tell you everything that comes to their mind. And you just wish, why don't we just shut that down for a second? I don't need that news right now. But if we understand our need, in fact, Jesus came and he says this very blatantly. He says, I didn't come for those who think they are righteous. I came for those who know they are sick. Now, I want you to understand that verse does not mean that one group is righteous and one group is sick. It's saying that one group knows they are and one group doesn't. I came for not only for those who think they are good, because they're not really. I came for those who know they need something. And the shepherds would have fallen in that group. The shepherds would have been part of a, the Jewish people who had been waiting for a Savior. They, they, they knew they needed someone. And the truth is, we all need a Savior. We don't all agree on the shape of the Savior or the form of the Savior, but we all need one. We all pursue certain things or certain voices or certain activities or certain things to become the Savior for us in whatever we, the need we are feeling at the moment. But the world didn't really need another, uh, another activity to do or no, another idea or another, uh, another thought process. That the, the world needed something far greater and different. And so, so the angel shows up and says, hey, I've got, I've, got, I've got great news. I've got some good news. And it will be great joy for all people. Uh, we kind of have to understand what the news is. The news was that Jesus showed up on the earth. I love that the news was not a new set of Ten Commandments. I love that the news was not a, another good one-liner. I think we're really good these days at one-liners, wouldn't you say? We've gotten really good at that 140 characters or less. I know they expanded it, but the, the OGs stay at 140. Uh, and some of us really, we, 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 man, we are looking for saving in places, but we, we, we're, we're kind of missing the Savior. I love that, that Jesus didn't show up with, with a, a booklet. He showed up as himself. He showed up as the Son of God in the flesh. Yeah. And if we have no need, we need no news. But the shepherds, the shepherds, the shepherds, they needed some news. The shepherds were not necessarily people that everybody hung out with. Uh, they, they, they didn't seem, they were kind of a rough crew. They weren't accepted by all people. They, they, they weren't really necessarily someone that everybody wanted to talk to. And so they're out doing their job and, and probably fairly comfortable at it. They're doing okay. And, and, and the angel shows up and says, Hey, I've got, I've got some good news for you. I've got some good news and it will bring great joy. And I, I actually love the NIV translation of this because the NIV translation of this says that I've got good news that will cause great joy. I love that he didn't come saying, I've got some, I've got some good joy that will turn into some great news. I love that I don't have to turn on the joy to somehow discover a good story and good news and live a good life. I, have, I just need to find the news because the news will cause great joy. That's why I'm telling you to take your eyes off joy because maybe for some of us we have pursued happiness and we've pursued joy and we've pursued right circumstance and right situation and we found out that that doesn't either last long or just never shows up at all. 
Because joy is the product of something. Joy is not the cause. Joy is the effect. In fact, I know Juan got comfortable, and he's already done a lot today. But Juan, could you come on up here for just a moment? I need you to get on that electric guitar. Because how many of you like enjoy Juan's electric guitar stylings? Very good. I love that they, they moved all the way from San Diego just for us. I really, really appreciate that. I, I just, I, here's what, I, I was at worship practice on Thursday night. Yeah, you can go ahead and play whatever you want, man. You, you, you can show off. No, go ahead, show off. It's all good. No pressure. You see what he's doing here? So, what happens is, I was at, his, I was at worship practice. And, uh, and I saw his, his little pedal. I'm sorry, I missed it. I'm partially deaf. And um, I saw his, little wor- his pedal, and I, I, I got one, I got really overwhelmed. But two, I, I started seeing all the different things, and he started just, like, tapping it with his foot. And, uh, and, and, and different sounds would come out. Go ahead and change up the sound a little bit. Let's see what... Uh grunge you have to do that hey here we go here we go I was gonna sing something but no um actually right now I have the voice to do it hey and, and I and I put him on the spot here listen here, here's here's the thing that effects pedal that's what it's called has no value until I put one on a guitar okay so I could have, I could have this, and I could even have this. But without one, the effect never happens. Without one, the, the effect that you're desiring and wanting. So let's, let's just give me your best joy effect. Let's just see what that is. I know that's a lot of pressure. That's super specific. Just give me, it's probably not grunge. It's probably not that one. Yeah. That's, that's true. That might be more peace. That's a little more peace. Here, here, listen to me. Here, here's, here's my point. When you, one of the most famous verses on all the Bible on joy is Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. So I think so many times we, we, we prioritize the thing that is meant to be the product of. And maybe for many of us, we have pursued the effect. We've gone, we bought the pedals. We even have the guitar. We ain't got nobody to play it. We, we've got all the things that could make the right sound. We, we know the Bible. We know the words. We know the stuff. But we just, we don't have the one that's actually going to make the effect happen. I guess my question for us today is, are you pursuing the effects or are you pursuing the cause? Are you pursuing the fruit or are you pursuing the one who causes it? Because it is meant to be produce. It is meant to be something that is produced in your life, not something that you make in your life. It it, it is meant to be outside of circumstance or situation. 
It's meant to be outside of what is happening to you or around you. It is meant to be something that in the midst of everything you're going through, I still have joy because it is produced in me. I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to make it. And, 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 and in many cases, we do one of two things when it comes to the circumstances of our life. We indulge in something to take our mind off of it or we detach from it. Try to act like nothing matters. We detach from life to try to go, well, you know what? Just none of this actually matters. Thank you, Juan. I could go on and on. I'm going to make you work really hard. Thank you. Give it up for Juan. So joy, when I say take your eyes off joy, I'm not saying it just so you can, uh, you know, just struggle finding it. I'm trying to tell you to take your eyes off joy because your eyes should be on Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. And, And I'm not even telling you that you should be in denial. I think sometimes when, when we get up here and start talking about joy, people tend to think that we're, we're, we're trying to deny our situation and to deny our circumstance, that somehow Christian joy is the denial of something, that we are in denial of. But I, I would say it differently. I would say Christian joy is independent of. I would say a Christian joy should not be dependent upon what is happening around you. I don't think Paul told us to be joyful. I, th- I think there's a lot of religions and a lot of systems of thought that would try to remove you from your circumstance that you might find a joy and a peace. But I don't think that's what the Bible talks about. I don't think that's what Paul talks about. Paul, on numerous occasions, talks about some very challenging things. In fact, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'll read this to you. I, I believe it will be on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We live in such a way that no one, this is Paul talking, that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We Listen to this. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. How many of you know circumstances not going so well? We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. Now listen to this part. This is where it gets really good. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working on us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people we are ignored, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Here you go. You ready? Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we're given spiritual riches. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. See, I don't, I don't think this thing, that what I'm trying to tell you today is, is somehow trying to get you to forget everything. I'm not trying to tell you that you, there's no grief, and there's no pain, and there's no hurt, and there's no sorrow, and there's no difficulty. That has, that has nothing to do with what I'm telling you. In fact, what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is in the midst of all of those things, even though your heart aches, you always have joy. You always See, I, I hear people say this, and, and even one of the guys that I fully respect, and I understand the, the, the premise of it, but, but I, sometimes we, we say this phrase of you just need to choose joy. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Choose joy. And I get that. I'm not, I'm not necessarily fully disagreeing with that. I, I would say this, though. I don't think we choose joy. I think we choose cause. Some of us can't choose our circumstance. 
Some of us are in a circumstance we have not chosen, we have not created, we have not uh, asked for. And sometimes we can't choose the circumstance we're in. But we sure can choose the cause of our joy and our peace. And sometimes I find, I don't know about you, sometimes I find it hard to choose joy. And so when someone says to me, just choose joy, I go, I can't. It's hard right now. And I can't choose joy. You know what I have to choose? I have to choose a cause that will get the effect of joy. I have to choose a cause that will have the effect of peace. I have to choose joy that will have the effect of kindness. I have to choose joy that will have the effect of patience. I have to choose a cause. I can't choose the effect. I mean, I might know what I want. I might know what I desire, but it is not in the desire of joy that I find joy. It is not in the desire of happiness that I get happiness. It is in, the, it is, is in me finding the cause, the person who knows how to push the pedal and the buttons and make it all work so that no matter what's going on in the midst of my heartache, I will always have joy. I'm not denying your heartache. I'm not denying your situation. I am telling you that it is not the determining factor of your emotion. I'm telling you it's not the determining factor of your expression. I'm telling you that your joy is not dependent upon it. See, the problem with making joy circumstantial is that we immediately cut out half the world of having it. We immediately say that if you don't have the circumstance I have, then you can't have the joy I have. We've immediately said, well, if you don't have this, or you don't have that, or you don't have that, then you can't have the joy that I have. The problem with that is the moment you don't have it, you can't have it either. See, if joy causes, if circumstance causes our joy, circumstance can immediately steal it as well. And so for many of us, we allow the, the things we're in and the things we're dealing with and the frustrations we have to cause the joy we have. And I've been guilty of this on numerous occasions. This day, I was going to say week and give myself some slack, but I decided I wouldn't do that. And y'all didn't laugh. <laughs> Sounds like y'all believe me. Because some of y'all had a rough morning too. See, circumstance... It just can't. And it's not even that I don't want it to. I want it. There's times where I wish my circumstance could be the source of my joy. And I'm not saying that good things shouldn't cause you some happiness. I'm not telling you that. Uh, but I am telling you that your long-term solution for your happiness cannot be the things which you surround yourself with. It must be the thing you plant yourself in. That it must be produced in you. It must be something that comes out of the things that you have engaged with. It can't be for all the people if it's only found in particular circumstances. That's why I love, I love the Christmas story in so many ways because uh, the angels show up to uh, the shepherd who are really not um, the, the high class. They don't have all the stuff. They don't have all the things. Uh, their best friends are animals. They smell like the animals. They talk to the animals. They hang out with the animals. And they spend long, long days outside the city. Uh, but it also showed up, the angels also showed up to wise men. I love that, 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 that no matter what class, no matter where you came from, no matter what situation you're in, uh, that it was for all people. Don't you love that little line that's tacked on? I bring you good news of great joy. If we didn't add the for all the people, we could possibly assume that it was only for the shepherds. 
that it was only for this group or this category of people. But it's actually really clear that, that it's for all the people. And I want us to be a church that has that mentality about our city, that this joy is for all the people. And it's not based upon the circumstance I have or the situation I'm in. It's based on Jesus. And John, Jesus actually talks about this with his disciples in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, and I don't know you read it out of this translation. John chapter 15, could you throw that up there real quick? We're going to read a few more verses. You okay reading some Bible this morning? Yeah. I've spoken these things to you so that my joy, this is verse 11, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? I mean, just follow along because it starts with Jesus saying, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you. And then somehow he changes the subject of the sentence. He says, it was my joy. It ain't your joy. It's my joy. But I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be complete. Don't you love that? Here's what I want to tell you. Your joy ain't your joy to begin with. So quit trying to make it your joy. And what I mean by that is quit trying to manufacture it. You might have to choose joy, but not, you don't choose, you choose the cause, but you definitely don't have to make it. You definitely don't have to create it. Joy is the result of something. Joy is, is found in Jesus. And I love this because Jesus knows that shortly after this, and actually, sorry, just before this in John 14, Jesus tells them about the helper, the Holy Spirit, that he's sending to them. And he said, my joy is going to be in you. And he wasn't just saying that because all of a sudden you're going to get happy. He's saying that because I'm about to get really close and personal. And if you'll hang out in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit shows up, that you will have fruit produced in your life. And so he's saying, I'm going to get really personal. And now I'm standing in front of you. But soon the Holy Spirit will come and he will be residing in you. And out of your life will come joy that is Complete. I love the word complete, although it's probably not a complete picture of the word. If you read this in other translations, you would find that the completeness is, means it can't possibly have any more. It's overflowing. It is everything you need and more. That's the kind of joy I want you to live with. Now, now it starts, though, the, the, this, this chapter, John uh, says, uh, he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, if you remain in me, if you remain in me and I remain in you, these things will come. I don't, I don't love the word remain. I, I, I'm not even sure if I, 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 I know it's in the Bible and I know I'm not supposed to say that. But has anyone ever had to remain somewhere? Has anyone ever, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like our culture is probably less patient than it's ever been. Remaining anywhere is, is, is just a, a hit to my own ego. Like, why the heck do I have to remain here? Why do I got to stay here? Like, you know, you got to stand at the back of the line. You stand here. You got to wait. You got to, I don't like the remaining thing. But, but the reality of it is, is that even the good news is that it will cause great joy. There, there's an element of time here. Because the shepherds, the shepherds, they, they know that Jesus is born, right? And they know Jesus is, is, uh, is the Savior, but they know that it's not right now. 
Right now, he's a baby snug in a, in a cloth, in a trough, and, 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 and it's a, like right now, he's not saving anybody. Right now, he's probably crying, upset about the trough situation. Right? Right now, he's not what he is going to be, but the fact that he's here should bring me some joy. The fact that he showed up because he loves me so much should bring me some joy. The fact that he did not leave me alone, but he loved me so dearly that he didn't want me to live according to the law anymore. He wanted to complete that in his life. He showed up on the earth that we might have joy. And then he grew, and then he began to do miracles. He began to preach the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Because remember, this is not about us escaping earth. This is about us bringing heaven to it, right? And so, so we, it's, it remains, you just got to stay in it. And then, he, and then he dies on a cross, and he rises again, and then he says to his disciples, I'm leaving. But I'm sending one in my place, my advocate, who would be just like me, who would produce in you all the things that you need, and he would be a witness to who I am. And the greatest witness to who I am is the, is the greatest uh, cause of my joy. So Holy Spirit is with us, and, and it takes time sometimes, doesn't it? I don't know if you've ever grown any fruit. Um, I don't say that saying I have. I've never done it either. But from what I hear, it doesn't happen quickly. From what I hear, it doesn't happen overnight. From what I hear, it doesn't just magically appear. Now, maybe parts of it, maybe, maybe my joy can start to get there, but maybe for some of us, we're in a season, and God is saying, would you, just, would you just remain? You have to ask the question, and this is the most important question you'll ask about this verse, and the most important question you'll ask about joy. Is it our job to produce it, or is it our job to remain? Is it our job to produce it, or is it our job to remain? Because I find if you answer that question wrong, you'll either grow frustrated or fruitful. You, 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 however you d- decide to answer that question, you either end up really frustrated or you end up very fruitful. Are you working so hard to try to produce it? Or, or, or maybe in the next couple weeks and months, maybe in this next year, your greatest desire is to remain. To just simply remain. You know, uh, Psalm 1611 says it really, really well. Psalm 1611 says that your presence, your presence is abundant joy. Again, cause and effect, isn't it? Your presence, in your presence is abundant joy. I want you to take your eyes off joy because just because I want to hit a home run, I can't hit a home run unless I keep my eyes on the right thing. If I keep my eyes on the grandstands, guess what? I'm not hitting a home run. I got to keep my eye on the ball. I got to keep my eye on the very thing that is meant to do the job. For many of us, we, we spend our life trying to strive for joy, strive for happiness, strive for peace. If I could just get this right, if I could just get this right, if I could just sort this out, if I could just figure that out, if I could just get this much, if I could just have this much, if I could just get this person, if I could just move on from this. None of those things are meant to be your pursuit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go real Christian here, you ready? Jesus is your joy. Jesus is your joy. Christian joy does not come from the circumstance I find myself in. The joy of Christ is the fact that I'm right with him. And not of my own doing, but of his. The fact that he didn't make me earn it. 
The fact that he didn't make me work for it. The fact that he made a way for me in my sin, in my trespass, in my stuff, in my good and bad circumstance. My joy is found in the fact that Jesus came, showed up, lived a sinless life, and gave his life for me. Man, I, I want to be the person that walks in to my family, walks in to my friends, walks in to my church, who is not depending upon the circumstances being perfect for me to bring joy into the situation. And maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. We cannot, as believers, bring joy into the world if we're depending on the world to give us joy. Because the world will not always have good news. The world will not always have great circumstances. My, new, my, my joy comes from the news of a Savior. My joy comes from the news of one who gave everything for me. And it's personal. It's, it's, it's not a far off. It's not a love that sits in heaven and says, I hope you understand this. It's a love that says, I'm going to send my son that you might know that you are saved, that you are set free, that you have life and you have it abundantly. And there is nothing, not your circumstances and even not your decisions that can keep me from loving you fully and completely. That Jesus is my joy. And while I can have a tough year or a good year, while I can have a bad week or a good one, there should not be a moment in any of it where I've lost the joy. I might have some anguish, but I'm not going to be in denial of that. I'm going to have independent joy. I'm going to have joy that stands on its own. I'm going to have a joy that is, the cause, is caused by something greater than the circumstance that I'm in. For some of us, we need to quit striving for happiness. We need to, get, quit, we need to take our eyes off joy. Quit worrying about, is joy there? Quit worrying about, do I have peace? Quit worrying about, do I have kindness? Because some of y'all need it. Uh, quit worrying about all those things. And start putting your eyes upon the thing that produces it. Because you can spend all day trying to learn the effects pedal, but you need somebody who knows what they're doing to produce the sound that you want. The sound that you want is joy. The sound that you want is joy. And it will not come because you want it. It will come because you seek the one who has it. And in all things, his presence brings abundant joy. So my question to you and my, maybe my challenge to you this week and really as you close out the year is how can you in your life decide that you will seek the cause of all the things you so desire rather than seeking all the things you desire? Quit seeking the great joy and go find the good news. And let the good news be the thing that causes the great joy. Are you with me? Come on, let's be a church that does not depend upon the world doing it all well for us so that we might enjoy it. But let us be people who, regardless of the circumstance of the world we walk into, can bring some joy to it. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much that we can see all the earth.